0: Good morning. This is trained by Grace 2 with Catherine Elizabeth. And this morning we're going to delve into a very old book. And this is more of a conversational book. Um it seems, but the the brackets are set up in such a way that and it may have been an ancient enough book that they kind of sang to each other than rather than talk, which in some cultures that's still more of a thing so but it's also one of the oldest books, according to most scholars in the Bible, even older than the first five books that tell us about genesis um, through through uh deuteronomy and so To skip this book, or even to wait much longer before we get into the history of Israel, is a little bit of a mistiming. So anyway, Job is a man that we're not sure exactly when he was alive. We know from the cultures that are mentioned, they're very old. We know from... The description that he lived in a land that at the time of the writing was called Uz. We know <clears throat> from the writing that uh, Job feared God and turned away from evil, and he was a pretty profitable dude for the time. There were he had several possessions, he had sons and daughters, he had He had it all. (laughs) He had it all. And we see kind of this mysterious um, decision made in heaven that the accuser or the figure in the Bible that we, we see as the Satan or the devil says, of course, Job worships you, essentially. Of course, Job worships you. You've protected him. And if he has things happen to all of his stuff, he's going to curse you. And for reasons beyond our understanding, God takes him up on that bed. And he allows the enemy to strike Job's possessions, including his children. And then Job states, you know, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And, and the enemy, of course, is not happy with that answer. So he says, but if he's stricken, and God says, you can do anything but kill him. Again, very strange conversation. Um, And the devil goes back and puts sores on him that are apparently just really difficult to deal with. And then we kind of break into poem or song. And the first song here is a lament about the day that Job was born. Which is interesting, because we do have a day that is a dark day. I think God answers this lament of Job's. Um, In chapter 3, it says, After this, Job opened his mouth and cursed the day of his birth. And Job said, Let the day perish on which I was born, and the night that said a man is conceived. Let that day be darkness. May God above not seek it, nor light shine upon it. Let gloom and deep darkness claim it. Let clouds dwell upon it. Let the blackness of the day terrify it. That night let thick darkness seize it. Let it not rejoice among the days of the year. Let it not come into the number of the months. Behold, let that night be barren. Let no joyful cry enter it. Let those curse it who curse the day, who are ready to rouse up Leviathan. Let the stars of its dawn be dark. Let it hope for light, but have none, nor see the eyelids of the morning, because it did not shut the doors of my mother's womb nor hide trouble from my eyes. Why did I not die at birth, come out from the womb and expire? Why did the knees receive me, or why the breast that I should nurse? For then I would have lain down and been quiet. I would have slept. Then I would have been at rest. With kings and counselors of the earth who rebuilt ruins for themselves, or with princes who had gold who filled their houses with silver, Or why was I not as a hidden, stillborn child, as infants who never see the light? There the wicked cease from troubling, and there the weary are at rest. There the prisoners are at ease together. They hear not the voice of the taskmaster. The small and the great are there, and the slave is free from his master. Why is light given to him who is in misery and life, to the bitter in soul who long for death, but it comes not, and dig for it more than for hidden treasures, who rejoice exceedingly and are glad when they find the grave. Why is light given to a man whose way is hidden, whom God has hedged in? For my sighing comes instead of my bread, and my groanings are poured out like water. For the thing that I fear comes upon me, and what I dread befalls me. I am not at ease, nor am I quiet. I have no rest, but trouble comes. I think any human being who's lived for very long has times that are trying and trying and trying, and one thing upon another, and you just kind of go, I can't find peace, I can't find rest. And Job hits that time here. And I think God honors him. There's there's we have a leap year that has a this goofy little part of a day that doesn't fit into any year that about every 4 years is almost enough of a day that we throw it into the year. I think God answers Job's lament here. And Job goes over some of the things that we think about um in death, we think about death as rest. And I think of all the things about the book of Job, it tries all of our theories and thoughts about death and dying and God and God's decision-making. Um, it tries those. And Job does not curse the day, he does not curse God here, he curses the day he was born. He's like, why was I, why was I brought forth to have all of this trouble? What's, what's the point of this? Everything I've gained, I've lost. I have no peace. What is the point of this? There was no point in me being born, and yet we have this profound little book that says, even on days like this, God hears us. I think the most interesting verse here is, Why is light given to a man whose way is hidden, whom God has hedged in? This is the first um, mention of God in this, in this song. And I think we have the same problem Job did. And that is that we like the times when we see where everything's going and everything looks like it's going good. And, and, and we understand where things are going and why they're going that way. And Job had lived his life, most of his life that way, and here he's he's very uncertain about the future. Everything that he thought was going to happen didn't. And so here this verse is saying, His way is hidden, whom God has hedged in. The accuser... accused God of hedging Job in. Job accuses God of hedging him in in a different way. The accuser thought of God's hedge as a hedge of protection. Job thinks of God's hedge as a hedge of not knowing the next step, of not seeing what is going to happen next, not knowing when that next shoe is going to fall. That's interesting all in itself, those two perspectives. Because later in Scripture, it does mention that God makes a way where there is no way. Normally, there's a path that we can see that is like, okay, God's... God's got us headed in a direction, we see that. Um, and Job doesn't see the direction here. And his observation about death is that it's the great equalizer which has been mentioned several times in our, our culture recently. It's like, okay, it doesn't matter whether you're rich, poor. It doesn't matter. So many things about life don't, don't matter when it comes to the moment of death. Shit it doesn't matter. And I think this is the... The part that gets Job the most is first 25 and 26. For the thing that I fear comes upon me and what I dread befalls me. I am not at ease, nor am I quiet. I have no rest, but trouble comes. Job's entire world has been shaken and his concept of God has been shaken. And I think we all have times where we're exactly where Job is at. Our concept of God is shaken. This happens again in the Psalms, in several Psalms. Some shade of this is mentioned. God, I don't see what you're doing. Even even the Psalm that Jesus quotes from the cross my God my God why have you forsaken me this is kind of that same lament here in here in Job I have no peace I have no rest I don't I I don't understand everything in my world is shaken And Job wrestles with this question with, we could say the help of friends. They're not very helpful. God God at the end has Job pray and do sacrifices for them. They're so, so unhelpful. And we need to understand that if everything in this world can be shaken, including us, everything can be shaken, including us. And we may not see or feel God's hand in it. But we know this, God is still there. Job knew that. He didn't understand what to do with it. He thought God had hedged him in in some not pleasant ways. But he... He... uh he was willing to to voice that to God. So this is my challenge for you today. I was I was reading earlier in 2 Corinthians 2, you know, that we can be peddlers of God's word or we can be sincere in Christ. And I want to be sincere in Christ in everything and there thank God Jesus came to this earth and he understands. He understands what it's like to be human. He understands what it's like to have that moment where the one thing we were sure of seems to have forsaken us. And our faith is is so small. But that moment can be the beautiful moment where God, where instead of us reaching to God and instead of us doing all the things and instead of us being in charge of the relationship, God becomes in charge of the relationship because we don't have the strength to hold on anymore. Job's at that moment. We get to that moment. We don't have the strength to hold on anymore. And the beautiful thing about that is that even if we can't see the hand of God, he hedges us in in a good way. Everything material may be shaken, but eternally nothing has changed. Because God's purpose is true and sure throughout the ages. And he holds Job here. And he hold, he, Job is the first to see the glimpse into eternity. We'll see that later in this book. At the beginning, he starts with this idea, like so many others do, that death is rest. And by the end, he realizes... There's more. There's more to life than what we can see. And it's in those moments that we find out there's more. There's more. And that Christ really is a resurrected Lord. And that God really does have the power to hold us. When we don't have the power to hold on, when religion doesn't get it, when... The faith that we had before God holds us is shattered. When we can't hold on anymore, God can hold us. Thank you, God, for being the God who holds us. when We cannot see your hand when we do not understand what's going on. Forgive us when we fail you. Forgive us when we don't understand. Um, Help us to understand that everything on this earth can be shaken. Everything on this earth is temporary. And that you are the God of good. That we do have an enemy who is very, very real. Lord, thank you for being strong enough to hold us when the enemy attacks. When we can't hold on any longer, you're strong enough to hold us anyway. Thank you for holding us anyway. Thank you for answering Job's prayer in the middle of this lament. Thank you for giving us that odd little day that we wonder why it's there, that it becomes so clear that it's, that it's your answer to Job. Thank you that you hear us when we can't hold on anymore. Thank you for loving us beyond the depth of our soul to the depth of your love. In Jesus' precious and holy name, to you be the glory and honor and power and kingdom forever. Amen and amen. Hey, there's an ability at the end of this podcast to add a question or um, pin something about this podcast that you would like for me to read or our prayer. And I want to give you that opportunity. So, God bless you today, and know that you are one of God's excellencies, even if your world is shaken today. Give me, give me a response, or you can send it to trainbygrace2 at gmail.com, and I will pray with you and for you today. God bless you.